right, well, welcome, welcome once again to another episode of Sports Therapy with F.H. Jr. I am your host. If you are new to the show, that's who I am. This is the show, Sports Therapy, F.H. Jr. If you are a regular, thank you for calling in. Appreciate the support. And uh, let's get started on today's show. Now, Normally, I give everybody just a little, uh, do a pre-mo during the week, just get a, just a little idea of what we're going to do this week. But you know what? Uh, let me start off by saying football is back. We had the first preseason game, and I was a little bit disappointed. I, you know what? I was majorly disappointed, okay? But before we get into that, let's talk a little bit about the show. Now, once again, let me read the rules and regulations of sports therapy with F.H. Jr. Now, you guys heard my introduction. I usually jump in a little 20 seconds and then we jump into the show. Once again, I am rocking the standard uniform, Washington Commanders, because that's my team. Still rocking the cool beard after getting a new fresh haircut today. Would take my cap off, but can't do it. Now, about the show. Sports therapy is entertainment and entertainment only. We do not talk about politics. We don't give a fat rat's butt about what the Democrats are doing or what the Republicans are doing. This is our time to just chill. We don't talk about race relations. We don't care about your sexual orientation. If you are a friend of NFL football and if you like football, you are a friend of mine and all are welcome to participate. And there is no fan shaming on FH on uh, sports therapy with FH Junior, so um, you don't have to have a bag over your head when you support your team. At least until the start of the season, <laughs> you might put a bag over your head later if your team just get off to a a bad start. Now, uh, now we're going to be in the next couple weeks or so. We're going to be changing our Time will be going from oh, Monday mornings at seven o'clock central from seven to eight, and then we'll be coming to you directly after the NFL games are played on Sunday. So we'll be able to give our fans the opportunity to call in and express their opinion, i.e., you'll have three minutes to rant, rip, laugh. A kicks of knowledge about all things NFL related. So in another two weeks or so, in which I'm going to announce, you'll be able to uh, call in. And, and, and as I was saying, we're going to a new time slot, so we should be good. But until then, we're going to push on with the show. Today's show. Now, we have done, I was just checking, man, I am up to, this is our 11th, 11th episode of sports therapy with fh jr so we've covered various topics we did owners behave behaving badly one and two we did a show on the cleveland browns a hot mess that is the, the cleveland browns then we asked the question last week is your spouse a sports louse <laughs> so we uh we, we've been all over the place but now uh, I'm going to narrow it down. Today's topic is going to be called. <laughs> sports fans. Sports fans. Our NFL fans behaving badly. So we got a top five list of the worst NFL fans. <laughs> as established by, I don't know who was it, some official poll or whatever. We're going to cover what's known as the uh, the worst NFL fans. And no, they're not my commanders, but we, we're going to talk about that. And um, we will also get into life and times of referees. Because everybody, uh, <laughs> everybody thinks they know the game. And I'll be honest, I was just, uh, in doing some research, I realized there's a lot about NFL officiating that I don't know. So that's why I did some research. And you guys know, I don't just get out of bed and wing this show. So we have some research. I did some research, and we're going to talk about that. But first, I want to jump in and say, 
a couple of things. One, if you call in for the next couple of weeks until we move to our new time slot, any callers, if you want to come in and plug, you want to call in and plug uh, any event that you got going on, your business, uh, commercial, uh, local or whatever, you want to call in as long as it's legit and legal, legit and legal. You can call in, kick a little knowledge, hate on your team or hate on somebody else's team and get a plug in for your organization of uh, or what any particular event that you have going on. Sounds good. It's all good. So now, the number to call, keep in mind that Sports Therapy with F.H. Jr. is streamed live on Facebook and on YouTube. While I'm talking now, you can see me. Let me wave to the family out there. Big ups. But we are streamed live on YouTube and Facebook. And also, I will post the show as soon as we're done. And you can also see it on other platforms. So that's what we're doing and that's how we're coming to you. Whew, that's a lot to take in, I know. But I want to talk about, I want to start off talking about the first preseason football games. And you guys know how I feel about football, about preseason football. I actually think that the league need to do something else because myself and other fans, we just basically tune out when the season starts. So we really don't get into it. So that's what I personally think that they need to do something else with that. That said, uh, I think the NFL dropped the ball when it came to the first preseason game, and that was the Jags against the Raiders. Jags against Raiders. Now, I'll be honest, whenever you throw the Raiders out there, they're one of the franchise teams that whenever the name Raiders, we're going to tune in. But I know preseason, and and we talked about it a couple weeks ago, and we said, okay, the first game preseason, basically it's nothing. You know, guys get on the plane, they go and they play. There's no no planning. Nobody get any type of uh, instructions. It's mostly conditioning. I understand it. I get it. And it's a chance to take a look at the rookies, uh, evaluate players, and see uh, where they are in terms of, following whatever off-season plan that they should be following, conditioning, all that good stuff. But if you are going to headline the the Hall of Fame game, and it's going to be the middle of the week like the NFL had this week, then my God, come on, man. Show us something. Show, show us as fans something. Give us something. And that's why I feel like the league dropped the ball there. It's like, come on. Uh, I understand you're not going to play starters heavy minutes, but to, 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 not, to, not, to not show any starters at all, to not let any of the starters even play, they could have put those guys in for, I don't know, one series, turn, turn around and hand the ball off to a, a tailback. Throw a little quick out to a, a, a running back out the backfield. Do something. Because they had the whole nation watching. You dropped the ball. To make matters worse, I was at work, and I'm trying to, because, you know, I'm a, I am in the educational field. I am a counselor, so please do not call in and call me doctor. But as we, as myself and Co-workers, we're getting ready for the start of the new academic school year. I'm looking at my clock like, oh, crap. You know, the first game is, man, I, man, I need to get there. Oh, man, I'm, not, I'm missing the game. Oh, Jesus. Oh. So I had to call my, uh, my kid and say, hey, look, record the game so I can see it when I get there. So all the while I'm there just uh, sitting on pins and needles, but... When the time came for me to break out and go to the crib, headed home, I realized I, I got home in time. I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to miss the Hall of Fame game. I'm going to miss the pageantry, the introduction, all that good stuff I will miss. But uh, when I got home, I realized two things. Number one, the game hadn't started because it was in a rain delay. It was in a rain delay. And second... They didn't start any, no starters, 
No starters started. We didn't get to see. Yeah, I know it's a dress rehearsal. I get it. I know. I'm like, okay. But it was the Hall of Fame game. It was Hall of Fame. It was nothing. Now, I watched because football was back. I'm hyped up. You know, I watched. Still having chicken wings going on. Yeah. I watched the game. Uh, got a chance to look at and then be and to be honest, I actually stuck with the game longer than I normally do because normally after uh, first quarter, I'm like, okay, I'm out. But I actually hung around to the fourth quarter and I actually watched a lot of the game. Not for you know, I, I did know a lot of the guys who from their college days and got a chance to look at them. And I, and as I was saying, I understand the premise behind the preseason, that whole preseason, whatever the hell we want to call it. I understand it. But I still want to be entertained. Entertain me. I want to be entertained. And uh, I was like, gee, come on. Yeah. But I just know that the NFL had the whole, I mean, they had us all captive right there. And they should have put on a better a better product. And that's me. That's where I'm coming from. Now, some may disagree, and you're entitled to. I just think they should have put on a a, uh, a better, better product. So if you are listening on uh, Facebook or uh, if you're listening on Facebook and YouTube and you want to know how you can you call in and you want to kick a little knowledge and want to participate in our conversation, the number to call is 940 940- Three two nine forty one ten. That's nine four zero three two nine forty one ten. And uh, you can call in and get your love on, your hate on. You can you can do whatever you want to do, and uh, call in and uh, we'll put you live on the air. Now, as I was saying, today's show it is about, and I look for. Uh, um, I didn't look too hard because sometimes. I like just letting the show come to me. You know, I, I just like sitting in the cut. I, I love just sitting in the cut and let shows come to me. Let ideas just come to me. I don't just put a lot of, well, I do put some time into how I'm going to present and the material, but sometimes I just kind of like let it, let it just come to me. And so, I was reminded about uh, one of our callers we had last week. Uh, he, he was a ref, referee. He was calling in, and uh, he was kicking some knowledge. And but he he uh, he he ended when I said, "Hey, guy, got anything you want to promote as far as um, an activity or an event that you got coming up?" And that's when he decided to to give it to the uh, the parents who who watch. Uh, him referee and give him a hard time. So he decided to give, give it to them with both barrels. <laughs> so that's what made me decide. You know what? I think today's show will be about fans behaving badly. You know, so not only fans behaving badly in terms of, of um, the football fans of the NFL teams, but just fans, fans of football behaving badly because truth be told, and I see this probably with my with my dads more than my moms, but moms, you guys are slowly catching up to dads as far as just being obnoxious and just uh, when it comes to when it comes to uh, I wouldn't call them little league, but a minor pop Warner type football, basketball, or whatever. And I know as parents, you put a lot of time for that, but that's this word called vicariously. Living vicariously, and sometimes we do that. We live vicariously through our kids because maybe we didn't have the sports career that we thought we were going to have coming up. You know, we all dream about oh, going to the league, playing professional football, basketball, baseball, whatever. But it, but sometimes those um, big hoop dreams or football goals don't uh, pan out. But we we have a kid, and here comes our offspring. And all the things that we did get to do, we get to do it through our kids as far as sports. And sometimes we can kind of go overboard in terms of 
oh, their sport career because we think that they're going to get drafted in the uh, NFL or the NBA out of fifth grade. And hell, it never happens, never going to happen. So instead of letting the kids learn the game, <laughs> and instead of you enjoying the game as your child grow up, sometimes as parents, we get too involved in the game. I mean, too involved in the game to where we just question <laughs> everything about the game, including the, the coach that's coaching our kid, the, the, the referee that's calling the game, and we we got tendencies to act a, a fool in front of our kids, you know, giving the referee a hard time, yelling, you suck, <laughs> you ref, you suck, you uh you spoil the game, and, and, and all kinds of uh, cray, 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 cray. And so that was part of uh, why I wanted to really get into uh, today's show and kind of focus on, on that a little bit. And uh, so we got to... We gotta examine, but what I realized that I played high school football, but like like some others, my 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 football career ended after high school because you you know I was one of those guys that I was probably good enough to play on a different level at least college, but I wasn't big enough. There's a lot of athletes like that. You you got the skills, you're big enough, you you you're good enough, but you're not big enough because back then. Um, and a lot of times you don't have to tell athletes that they're not going to play on the next level. They know, I mean, you, you know, hell, you know, Mm -mm. (laughs) it's like, uh -uh. nah, 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 it is right here. Now I can go play, uh, intramurals. I can be an intramural superstar or just kill fools at the Y. (laughs) You go to the Y, just be balling out of control. But getting back to my, uh, today's topic. As I was saying, I found out I didn't know a lot about uh, about uh, refereeing as far as uh, what it takes on the next level for the uh, National Football League. Yeah, we, me, I like to think about when I'm watching the game, I like to think of my referee as just like being a light bulb in my house or at work. I don't need to notice them as long as the lights are on, you know, but once the lights go off. I'm I, I'm thinking, what the hell? Why are we in the dark? So I like to think of, uh, of that way when I look at my NFL officials. If everything is going great, their impact on the game should be next to invisible. They should be calling a good, a, a good game. Now, will will they make errors? Probably. I mean, they're human. They make errors. That's why we got this thing called instant replay which um i used to not be a big fan of i am but i'm not a fan of how long it takes for them to get it right you know get it right but don't have me where the game is going the uh the quarterback is in rhythm the office is is in rhythm and then all of a sudden we stop the entire game for a judgment call you know now if if it's egregious i understand that Coaches get the uh, the choice to throw the little red flag, and then we can kind of uh, appeal, and we can set things in motion. But sometimes I was like, come on, man, get under the hood, make a call, give it to the offense, give it to the defense, and let's just keep it freaking moving. Instead, it turns into this long, drawn-out, I'd be like, damn, am I watching uh, Jeopardy or something where, you know, the little clock keeps moving? But all that said... I took a look at the NFL refs and the positions. Now, I do know that uh, when I think about the NFL and the the refs, most of the focus goes on the little guy with the white cap on, and he's called the ref, the referee. And that's what we look at. When we see him, we're thinking, okay, he's usually the guy that's talking on the, uh, he's usually mic'd up, and he's telling you uh, what the play is. Holding, da da da, first down, whatever, whatever, whatever. That's the that's the ref. But there's so many. Now we look at the other referee positions, and we don't think too much of them. But there is a first down judge, or a down judge as we call them. Then we also have a uh, there's a field judge, and a lot of times we don't see these people until one of the announcers, one of the television announcers, may say, "Hey." Um, 
you know, the uh, the line judge says this, the down judge says that, the side judge, that's a call made by the side judge, you know, then the field judge. We don't think about, we know that there's a crew, each NFL team, uh, each NFL game, there's a official crew, and a lot of times they work as a team, and they get graded, and uh, I believe based on how they grade out will determine whether they get to play whether they get to referee other games like the playoffs and whether they get to matriculate further up the line as far as the, the NFL food chain. But I really didn't, and, and I'm sure I'm speaking for most fans, if you guys are honest, you you don't know what the referee do either. You just look at the little guy in the white hat and you say, okay. <laughs> or you get pissed off at them because they make a bad call. But I wanted to know more about what it takes to be a NFL referee. Can you just get off the couch? Can I go from Pop Warner to NFL referee? Can I go from, you know, major college referee into NFL? What is the the steps in order to, to get to be one? And what's the freaking pay, you know? Are there bennies, benefits to it or whatever? So I took a look at this thing position by position, position by position, and... Uh, hold on here. And so this is what I came up with. Uh, let's see here. Now, I did mention that we have the referee, we have the umpire, we have the down judge, we have the line judge, we got a field judge, and we have side judges. That makes up a NFL crew. And, of course, you know, they have extra just in case someone get injured because it happens because um, NFL football games are physical and they can test one's uh, physical limits. And because of that, you have a, a crew and you have a backup crew. And so that being said, let's look at uh, the referee. Now, normally that's the guy who... who um, He's normally going to be the person who we see who get most of our attention as fans. That's usually the guy that we he's in charge of the game. He's in charge. He gets the the final say. Now, normally they line up about oh, I say about fifteen yards in the backfield. Now, these guys here mainly their duty is two things: to keep an eye on the running back, the quarterback. And they're looking at the the guard and the tackle um, just to make sure that they're looking for things such as, um, uh, you know, um, false false calls or rep, uh, somebody jumping off, not so much jumping off side, such as false starts and things of that nature. And they're also keeping an eye on the, rep, on the quarterback for um, – illegal hit on the quarterback, things of that nature. So, but what I found out though, when I, when I got into this thing is that each one of the, the members of that crew have specific duties, but they share specific duties with each other. So it's almost like a, a, um, if I miss a call, then somebody else will be on that same call and we can get together and figure out and work this thing out and figure out, you know, was, uh, you know, does, 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 does something need to be overturned? Are we good to go with that? So when I think about the uh, the referee, like I said, he is going to be 15 yards behind in the backfield. Normally lines up behind the tight end. If you understand how to line, you got the center, guard, tackle, um, and you have your tight end and your wide receivers. And then, of course, you, you got your backfield, quarterback, running back, uh, flanker all depends on where that uh, that guy uh, lines up coming out of the backfield, but you have that. That's the uh, but his the referee, and I think because so that we can distinguish the ref from the other part, uh, members of the team. That's why he wears a little white hat. That is the ref. Now he's like I said, he's mic'd up, and his primary duties are going to be. Um. Looking for outsides, uh, um, you know, and also watching any type of any type of, of uh, conflict uh, that's going on between the uh, defensive line and uh, uh, the sitter, and that, that's where you you get your 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 
your your holding calls made on the offense, and that, that's usually going to come from that that the uh, the referee because he's right there, he's right in the backfield, standing behind the quarterback or or the running back, late hit on the quarterback. He's going to make that call, but ultimately, when a call is made downfield by another position uh, ref, they will get together. As you as you watch the games, you see they'll run up to uh, the the referee real quick and say, "Hey, I got holding on such and such." I got, um, you know, false start on such and such, you know. So that's where uh, that position is. And then right next to him, but on the opposite side, is the is the ump, umpire. Now, once while, you'll see that umpire in there too, and his job is to, you notice, is that when a play happens, they get the ball quickly to the umpire. His job is to set that 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 the ball up on the line of scrimmage. Let's get ready for the next play. But now he shares duties with the uh, ref in terms of watching the guard and the uh, the tackle and the defensive line looking for holding, um, false start penalties, late hit on the quarterback, and all those things. So the reason I'm saying it that way, we'll know who to get mad at. <laughs> when when we see a bogus call, a call we don't agree with, because I know sometimes you can see where a call is made by another ref, but you got one ref standing about two feet away, like, wait a minute, that's, why did he make the call? You know, because that's not his call to make, as crazy as that sounds. So that's why uh, this is going to be NFL referee one-on-one or, or refereeing for dummies like myself and, and some of us, because... We don't really know the the duties of of the um, the officiating crew. We just know when they screw up, we pissed off at them. <laughs> but but like I said, you have your uh, your umpire, like he's usually on the opposite side of the referee line up, pretty much maybe about fifteen yards deep, and uh, he's sharing some of the same duties with the referee. But that's what he's doing. Now, how many times when we see a uh, the receiver go out for a pass and, and all of a sudden if he catches, we're like, okay, he's in, he's not in, is he out? Or the running back hits the sideline, okay, is he out? Did he, you know, whatever, did he fumble? Whatever. That is where you have your line judge. He's right there. And the cool thing about the line judge is he's right on the line. So when guys... That's why you should never have anybody lining up outside. That's one of the, when I was coaching, when I was playing, that's one of the things that just burned me up is how the hell do you line up outside when all you got to do is line up with the line judge. Just line up with that guy. You won't be outside. Okay. You won't be outside. Now, Cowboy fans, you guys should, <laughs> you guys should get familiar with, uh, with, <laughs> With these two positions, uh, the lad, the uh, the lad judge, because that's one of the main problems that the cowboy fans uh, always have with one of you guys always false start, false start, false start. So, when you want to know which uh, which official is to be pissed off at when someone constantly jumping outside, it's either gonna be the lad judge or the down judge because that's uh. They are on the line. Their job is to watch the line and uh, make sure that you got uh, enough offensive players out there. You count the players. You assist with counting players. Make sure on offense, you're not there to count defense players. You're counting the players on offense to make sure that we got 11 and that we good. But you're looking for things such as false start, um, lineman down the field when they should be. On on uh, passing plays, you're looking for that little holding, <laughs> holding, yeah. So that's where that position comes into, and and and, and that's shared with the notice. And then one one position is called the down judge. Now note the title; it should tell you down judge. So his primary job is to keep an eye on that chain. He 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 is the guy that 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 looks at the chain crew and make sure that okay. Before we move chain crew, let's make sure we mark the first down, second down, or flip that little thing over and let us know, 
Are we first and 10? Are we third and whatever? That's where that guy's job now. He shares some of the same duties with the line judge that <clears throat> he's going to be looking to see. Is anybody outside? Do we have any holding? Cowboy fans. <laughs> Commander fans. Now, now uh, the position that, that's going to kill me is going to be when I talk about the uh, the guys who, pl- who referee the, the defensive side of the ball. Because I know my man Carson Wentz going to be throwing a hell of a lot of <laughs> interceptions and stuff. But that's what we have on the uh, down. His primary job is to check the uh, uh, the, the uh, chain crew. That's and to mark the ball first down and um, keep an eye on the clock and, 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 and sharing information back to the referee. Because if you think about it, the game is fast. It's a fast game. There's no way that the referee can – can see everything, be in charge of everything, make all the decisions. So, but the ref doesn't have time to overrule any members of his his team. They basically say, "Hey, what you got? This I got holding. Okay, boom. Let's mark and let's move with it." So now we start to get on the the defensive side of the ball. Here we're talking about having what's called the uh, field judge. We got field judges and we got side judges. Now we're talking about the role of offense, wide receivers, and defensive backs. We get into here where we got guys here. Um, they're the guys that when you see a, a football is caught somewhere 30 yards down the field, like, oh, hell, how is this old dude right here? <laughs> because they are positioned sometimes 25 to uh, 20 yards down the field. And the uh, the side judge, he's on one side. His primary job is, number one, keeping the time and making that call whether a ball is either it's out of bound, good catch, bad catch, uh, legal catch, no catch, did the guy bobble the ball, blah, 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 blah. That's, that's where we have that uh, line judge. And he's looking for either – Offensive holding, pushing out by the receivers, or pass interference, or defensive holding by the defensive back or safety. That's his primary uh, function. That's his primary duty. Then on the opposite side, you have the field judge. Field judge, same duty except for the opposite side. Uh, primary function is to be involved in the hand-to-hand combat between <laughs> the, the wide receiver and the DBs. See, okay, do we have holding? Do we have a good catch? Did he, is he inbound? Did he step out? Was he juggling the ball? Um, ruling it a catch or no catch? And looking for any penalties on the defensive side as well as any penalties by the offensive player. So when we look at the games, we have a better idea as who's responsible for what and what the specific duties are. Because a lot of times... We just see the uh, referee, the guy in the white hat, making the calls because he's mic'd up and he's he's talking. But it, it's like a real team effort, and those guys get a lot of work in. They have to practice because they have to have everything down. Now, last but not least, we have the back judge, and that guy is ooh, about 30 yards deep. Uh, he watches the second clock. That's the person that, that uh, who's in charge of making sure that we're getting that playoff within the allotted time. If not, He'll, he, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get, hey, clock expired, and then we it's going to be uh, a penalty. So that's his specific job. But also, uh, that person is in charge of making sure that if there's going to be any uh, calls on the wide receiver, defensive holding, uh, pass interference along those lines. And so he normally will probably um, – his duty, he'll probably be end up watching not the the widest receiver because that's usually going to be your line judges when your uh, wide receiver come out and they either go trips and, and they spread out. That's going to be your normally your your uh, side judges are going to be have that function. But when it's something like a deep, 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 deep go pattern or something like that, that usually going to fall into the the uh, jurisdiction of your, uh, your your field your back judge, and that's to to. Uh, get an idea of what's going on there. Do we have holding? Is it going to be a touchdown? 
Yeah, blase, blase. So, gives me an idea of, of the role of referee playing. So, for all y'all parents <laughs> that are out there <laughs> giving the refs a hard time, you know, just giving the <laughs> raising so much hell that you bring your own pitchfork. Uh, that's the role. And I want to go a little farther in that because I had no idea about how uh, extensive trying to be an NFL referee. Um, first of all, you have to have 10 years experience at uh, before you can even think about being an NFL ref. You need 10 years experience. And of those 10 years, five have to be officiating um, major college games. You know, you, you have to be where you have been on a big stage. And normally, um, and I didn't know this until I really got into it, normally the route starts from referee and Pop Warner games to high school to you can never officiate enough games. You're always padding your uh, your file because you always want to get better. The game is always changing. Everything is changing. But if you want to be an NFL official, just because you get those 10 years, you have 10 years experience and you got some some experience with major college, uh, whether it's football, basketball, and for today we're talking about football, um, that's just a preliminary um, qualification you have to have. I didn't know that they actually have, the NFL actually have on the officiating uh, side. It's like, um, it's similar to going out and scouting players. They go out to events and scout uh, referees and make a decision. Do we want to pull this person up? Uh, let's look at this person. Scouting, they, it's, it's like anything else. It's like talent. They go out and they look for, they look for uh, talent. And so... Um, I really didn't know that until I, I actually got in, like I told you guys, I don't just get out of bed and wing this show. I had to do some research, but I wanted to know just how much, how much does it pay? How much does it pay? Is it worth it? Cause you got to go like, if you get pick to be an NFL rep. They send you, it's, it's, that's where the training starts. It's just like making an NFL football team. The, the training is, is very, uh, intensive. You know, uh, you go through that. Then they put you with a team, but it's not a full-time job. So don't quit your day job. It's not a full-time job being an NFL rep. When you find out how much they make, you might want to quit your day job <laughs> because it's a full-time job. The average salary of an NFL official is $205,000. Yes, the average salary for part-time, part-time is over $200,000. Man, I am in the wrong profession. Let me start working on my resignation ladder. <laughs> That's a jokey joke. That's a jokey joke. I'm not going to quit my job until they offer me that NFL <laughs> referee job. Hey, did I'm out. But can you imagine getting paid $200,000 for part-time? Just part-time. Wow. But there is no insurance. You get no benefits. No insurance for an NFL referee. None. No insurance. But for $200,000, I can get some insurance. <laughs> Don't worry about that. Okay. But they get to participate in the uh, retirement program. So you can participate in a five, uh, 401k plan. So it's, 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 it's all good, though. Okay. Now, some of the bennies, when I say bennies, I'm talking benefits. Short for, that's what bennies are short for. Benefits. Like friends with benefits. <laughs> but these are benefits with benefits. 
But um, what I found fascinating is what is the incentive for me to be a good NFL ref? What is the incentive for for me to work as a team, not do solo projects? That's why it's important for them to work as a team because they are graded on their performance and based on how they grade out, determine whether they get to referee playoff games and even the Super Bowl. And if that being said, they get more money, additional um, cash as they move up and down the line. So um, I found out that officiating crew that uh, officiate the Super Bowl, they can make an additional 40 to 50 grand. Can you imagine that? 40 to 50 grand. Hmm. So some of the, the officials that I know that I grew up with, some have retired, but I'm going to throw out a couple of names here. I know everybody know <clears throat> Red Cashin, better known as First Down, First Down. Now, Brother Red has passed on, but that used to be one of my all-time favorite refs I could watch, man. First Down. Then there's Mike Carey, Brother Mike Carey. And then uh, I remember uh, well, Walt Anderson is still around. Now, one guy that gets me, because he's retired, but he works on, uh, he still works. And they always call him to make a play, make a call while they're in the process of waiting for, uh, <laughs> while they're in the process of waiting, waiting for uh, uh, the, uh, <laughs> the the damn uh, instant replay. So they'll, they'll call Mike up here. Mike, what is it going to, and Mike never makes a play. He don't go out on a limb and say, well, hey, it's going to stand. He always kind of in the middle just in case you don't get it wrong. And like, come on, Mike, make a play, make a call. Now, um, there is, uh, now the league is changing, and I like that. Because I know we do have a couple female uh, referees, and I'm cool with that. I, Sarah Thomas comes to mind. I was so happy when they, you know, because you don't have to be a big, strong football player to call a game. As long as you can put your lift together and blow up, blow that whistle and make a call, you good. You know, that's it. You know, make the call. So, uh, brother Johnny Greer, and I'm and I'm and I'm talking about ref that I wouldn't say I grew up watching, but I mean they were calling the games when I was watching the games. Now I, um, I'm not that familiar with some of the the, the uh, newer referees now, but I am familiar with uh, Jerome Boger. I watch Jerome; he's pretty good. And everybody remember Big Ed Hockley. Ed, ah, Ed always had to. Flex his gun, big gun arms. I know he has a son, uh, Sean, and um, keeping it in the family. So that's uh, referee talk. So for all you all parents that are out there hating on the refs, booing them, and all that stuff, stop it. Because they go through a lot to be a ref. There's a shortage of refs everywhere, even Pop Warner, YMCA. Because refs are saying, hey, you know what? I don't have to do this. I don't have to call this game. Because some parents be want to wait for the referee after the game and give him a piece of their mind. You know, I'm going to wait for this ref. I'm going to tell him it was a bad call he made in the first quarter. Man, do you know how much, <laughs> how far we done went since that first quarter? Let it go. Let your kids enjoy the game. Parent, don't be that parent. Don't be that parent. Don't be that parent at all. Mm-mm. Stop it. Do not be that parent. Now, we're going to transition. We are going to transition to, as I said earlier, yeah, I got my new, I got my new, uh, rocking a new beard. Just came from the bar looking like new minute money, <laughs> but, uh, the next segment is going to catch some of y'all by surprise and some of y'all is not because some of this is you. You are some of these people. As we talk about fans behaving badly. Fans behaving badly. Are you setting a proper example for your kids? Fans behaving badly. Mm-mm, Let's say hello to our sponsors real quick. <laughs> 
Brain Touch Muscle Therapy is a leader in medical and sports massage. Their motto is we do. What we do is deeper than a massage. It is muscle therapy. Ross, Earl, and the entire team are there to serve you, starting with the client special. That is $60 for 60 minutes. Mention that you heard it first on Sports Therapy with F.A. Jr. And my friend, they will give you the hookup. Advanced uh, Train Touch uses advanced massage techniques to help clients' muscle function. They have over 1,000 online reviews with an average of 4.8 stars. So if you're in the Dallas area, if you're visiting, if you want to get a good quality massage, then you need to call my friends at 469-754-1232 and make an appointment with Train Touch Muscle Therapy. All right. Now. Let's talk about fans behaving badly. Bad fans. <laughs> so, uh, I have this article. You guys know I don't wing this stuff. I don't. I do research. Now, according to this article, they listed top five of the worst fans in the NFL, in the National Football League. Top five. Some of you all are on this list. Your team. <clears throat> Let me read. Number, number five. I'm counting down from five, four, three, two, and one. Number five is <laughs> the Who That Nation. <laughs> the New Orleans Saints. Who that? This is what this article said when it came to the Saints fans. It says, visitors to the iconic at New Orleans Superdome report encountering one of the NFL's most aggressive <laughs> and occasionally violent fan base. Who that? You that? That there? It says, according to this article, the, the, the same fans, they participate in everything, including... <laughs> Throwing beer on the field, beer cans and beer on the field. Cheering for injuries to the opposing players and even assaulting opposing fans. <laughs> now, that is not sanctified behavior. Who that? You that. <laughs> it says the internet is flooded with Saints fans behaving badly. Then it gave an example of they believe as the person who was setting the tone for such bad behavior. That was former... Former uh, coach Sean Payton. He talked about that, uh, and I remember this happened, and you know, a couple years ago when Sean got uh, suspended for the league. Sean Payton, a couple of uh, people on the defensive side, I think a defensive coordinator, and it, it was like they had this. Uh, what do we call it? A system where they were paying player to hurt other players and, and so they were saying the fans take their uh <laughs> they, they take their marching orders from uh Sean Payton's behavior. So that's why they were listed as as number five as the uh one <clears throat> the worst team in the NFL and that's the New Orleans Saints. Who that there? You that number four the Pittsburgh Steelers <laughs> the team known for a terrible towel According to this article, it says, Steelers fans are known for traveling around, uh, traveling over the nation to watch their team. Yeah, the, the, the Steelers travel. You know, I, nobody travel like the, the Steelers. Terrible talent and all. It says, it's, hold on. It's watch the team favorite, watch the favorite team play. The fan, the fan base also known for being one of the most spread out groups. Because there is a, a Steeler fan base everywhere. Hell, that's probably one on the moon. If I get to the moon, there'll be a Steeler fan base that they are there. They travel. They love their team. I got nothing, I got no problem with that. Okay? Now, here, they just pointed out that, that the Steeler fans made the list because it says, with numerous of clubs and fan organizations, we talked about that. They have fan clubs everywhere. With much success over the last 15 seasons, Steelers fans have developed a reputation 
<laughs> for being overly cocky. That's not. I have nothing against being, you know, a little, little cockiness. You know, you can love you can love your team. There's no problem with that. Love your team. But it says they're, they're cocky and arrogant <laughs> towards other NFL fans. In other words, the Steelers will tell you we finna beat you. <laughs> you finna catch this beat down, and we're gonna make you like it. With the uh, it says. Opposing fans express extreme irritation with the constant having to watch them them Dale Steeler fans waving them tiles. <laughs> them terrible tiles <laughs> by the Steeler fan. That I don't know that qualifies you as being a bad team. I, I I but they make the list. So they're number four on the NFL's fan behavior behaving badly list. The Steeler. Uh oh. Number three, according to this article I read, is America's team. Them their cowboys. Them their cowboys. Yeah. Are y'all really still them their boys? We them boys. Them cowboys. <laughs> ah, big big uh, shout to my uh my double dip rootin' tootin' cowboy fans in my family and all the ones that I work with. Y'all still them their boys. Okay, according to this, it says the Dallas Cowboys haven't won multiple playoff games in a season since 1996. Since their Super Bowl winning ways. Since Dallas Cowboys, the Cowboys boast, and this is true, they have the largest fan base in the NFL. Y'all can pat yourself on the back. It's okay, yeah. Y'all be happy about that. Because as they say, a piss poor dog won't wag his own tail. <laughs> okay. Now, a sorry dog won't wag his own tail. So, Cowboy fan, y'all y'all can feel good about that. Y'all got the biggest fan base it is. Y'all America's team. Mm-hmm. But this article said that them there Cowboys, <laughs> this is how other, other fans feel about the Cowboys. Said that the Cowboys have been labeled spoiled and entitled. They think they are entitled to, to be in the Super Bowl every year. And every year they say the same thing. Hey, we're going to do it this year. We on, we Super Bowl bus. And so, according to this article, that rubs other fans wrong. And the Cowboys have been known to lay hands on people. Now, if you ain't a preacher or you not, <laughs> if you're not administering first aid, you should not be laying hands on anybody. Keep your hand to yourself, Cowboy fans. <laughs> Stop laying hands on opponents. <laughs> Unless you're on that field with a helmet on. Number three. Now, we get to number two. Number two on fans behaving badly lists are the New England Patriots. According to this article, it says, there are, are there more spoiled fans in the league? <laughs> Is there a more spoiled fan base in any league than the Patriots? Says <clears throat> the Patriots are known to travel. And it says that they have a lot of people who claim to be Patriot fans that don't even watch the game. <laughs> Hell, they don't even watch the game, but they Patriot fans. Yeah, but they don't even watch the game. Most of them don't even know who on the team, but they will throw that and, and brag and boast. Hey, we we Patriot fans, and they let you know they travel. They love to travel and sit down. The New England Patriot fans are some of the most well traveled in all of professional sports. Other state that Patriot fans are described as the loudest, <laughs> most obnoxious fans anywhere. That <laughs> the Patriot fans are the loudest and most obnoxious fans. I got no beef with people uh, bragging and boasting about their team, you know. But and when you at an event, are you supposed to be like, okay, let's say decorum? I have to, I have to do. I can't be acting a fool, or whatever. So, according to this article, the Patriot fans are number two. So now, as we get to. <laughs> number one, the number one team. Now I'm not gonna lie, I would not 
I was not surprised that this team was number one. Hold on, we got somebody I want to call in. I was surprised. I was not surprised that this team was number one on this list. And this team is <laughs> the Philadelphia Eagles. <clears throat> the Eagles. Because I witnessed some of this this, 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 this stuff. I witnessed some of the things took place while I was watching at home right now because I'm not going to, to the stadium. No. So, since Philadelphia Eagles, <clears throat> they are considered to be the worst fan base in the NFL. <laughs> oh, not, in, not just in the NFL. Nah, that wasn't good enough. Nah, that wasn't good. The Eagles weren't happy just being the worst team, the worst fans in the NFL. They had to be the worst fans in professional sports. <laughs> It says, after the Eagles won at the franchise's first Super Bowl in 2018, its fans celebrated. This is how the Eagles fans celebrated. They celebrated by tearing down light poles, flipping cars, and setting fires. <laughs> now, here's what gets me. According to this, this article, I said, that's right, Eagle fans terrorize, they terrorize their own hometown. <laughs> I don't mean to laugh, but damn, they terrorize their own hometown after winning the Super Bowl. Some of the most notable misdeeds by Eagle fans were, and I, I actually watched some of this. It says that <laughs> these are some of the things that was committed by the Eagle fans were, Cheering for the career ending the, the career ending injury to Cowboys wide receiver Mike Irvin. I remember that when, when Mike was laying on uh, on the veteran field, that old terrible field they used to have. Eagle fans was cheering, they were cheering because he was injured. Um then they booed Santa Claus. <laughs> I don't know why was I watching these games, but yes, I remember Eagle fan with booing Santa Claus, and they were throwing uh, they were throwing snowballs at Santa Claus, and and and, 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 and oh Jesus! It also went on to say that Eagle fans were known known for throwing D side D sized batteries at opposing fans and beating up opposing fans, along with attacking the opposing team's mascot. Now, you think that's enough? Nah. They had to earn the title. <laughs> so the Eagle fans also threw beer at opposing teammates, and then they were intentionally vomiting, throwing up on some little girl. Eagle fans. Oh, there we have it, folks. From the top five of the, the worst fans in the NFL. Oh, this show has been wild. I can't make this stuff up. <laughs> I can't make this stuff up. Let me pay uh, before we before we uh, break out today. Let me pay uh let me pay some some <laughs> let me pay some bills here. Here we go. Crown Royal, Scuba Crown Royal, blended Canadian whiskey, patiently fit for a king. That is my drink indeed. Expertly blended. When I, let me say that again. Expertly blended since 1939. After a long day of crime fighting, I reach for a bottle. And you know what I say? Crown me, baby. Crown me. Drink Crown Royal responsibly. That is my drink. Now, <laughs> as we prepare to get out of here, as we prepare to get out of here, I want to think... All those who tune in to my show, this has been Sports Therapy with F.A. Junior. This has been another episode, and uh, although I had to roll solo today, they gave me the ball on the one-yard line, and I got it across the, uh, <laughs> I did not fumble. So to all my country kin folks down in the great state, like everybody in the booth, those who are tuning in to F.A. Junior and Sports Therapy in jolly old England, I want to say thank you. And to all the lions on the yard, stay golden, baby. <laughs>